Welcome to the Chill with Phil weekly podcast. Everything about e-commerce, digital marketing, growth hacking, strategies, and more. If you're passionate about these topics, you will definitely want to hang out with us the next hour. Now, here's your host, Phil Kiprianu. Hey guys, this is Phil Kiprianu live for the Chill with Phil podcast. And Chill with Phil podcast is anything that has to do with e-commerce, digital marketing, affiliate marketing, and much more. And we are here today about a channel that is totally growing like crazy. Uh, and we've been watching that like for the past couple of years, tried like the, their ad platform and things like that. But you know what? I said we must bring a total expert, number one expert right now on Pinterest, which is Teresa, sorry, Rose. <laughs> and, um, Teresa has been doing e-commerce for over six years right now, been mainly mastering the Pinterest ecosphere and, um, been getting Getting a lot of great results. Um, I came across uh, Teresa from a good friend of mine, Chris Blair. Uh, he was introducing her to one of his uh, coaching program. And when I went into her training, I found it amazing because it's really where I understood what the beast was really about. And if we can basically uh, sum that up in a very short phrase is when, let's say, Instagram meets Google and they are having a baby. So if we can put that this way, that um, that would sum it up. So, Teresa, thank you very much for hanging out with us tonight on the Chill with Phil podcast. And uh, really uh, happy to have you today. And basically, let's talk about Pinterest. What brought you basically on Pinterest when you started doing e-commerce? Yeah, thanks for having me. This is awesome that you are are doing this and having it available for everyone in e-commerce. So what got me started was the very, very beginnings of my e-commerce journey. It's it's been a long, crazy journey over the last um, six years. And a long time ago, way back in 2010, I was trying to figure out how, how to make some extra money. And part of that journey was, you know, how to create a a blog, a website. And I began Googling because we had Google then and it was wonderful and watched YouTube videos. And I set up my first blog, figured out how to do that, built my own website, started blogging, started writing. And then I realized I don't know how to monetize this. So now what do I do? And I uh, was going to need some money right now in order to pay bills and pay for things that I needed. So I shifted into selling on eBay, selling um, some things on Etsy, and then even selling on Amazon. And I actually did that out of survival. And then I thought, boy, I think I can do this. So that's when I began uh, doing it on a regular basis and making that part of the whole business. And then that just kept evolving. But while all of that was evolving, I realized that um, going on to Pinterest that there were people who were saving stuff from my from my website. And it wasn't me because I wasn't saving anything on Pinterest from my website. It was all of these people who were readers. And that just amazed me. And I was getting a lot of traffic coming in from Pinterest. And I did not do one thing at all to to encourage that. I took zero action and all of these other people were actually doing all of the marketing for me. 
and putting it out on Pinterest. And then the pins just kept going and going and going. When you don't have any pins to share, what people do is when they use the pin it button, it will come up with this really ugly looking gray or dark brown. And it will say the title of it and it will of the blog post or page or whatever it is, product page. And then it will say what website that it comes from. This is what these people were pinning because I didn't have anything for them to pin. But they really wanted to save this information because they found it really, really valuable. They wanted to take action on it. So that's when it really opened up my eyes. And at the same time, you know, I had my own Shopify store and was exploring different ways of solving the problem, how we're going to get this traffic coming in. And so I, you know, experimented with a lot of things and I felt like it was right underneath my nose. You know, here's Pinterest and I'm getting all of this free traffic and it's just right there. But yet I'm sitting and pursuing Facebook and everything else and trying to figure it out. So I thought, well, I'm just going to, I'm just going to study this a little bit and see what's going on. And, And once I began studying it, I realized that it's a bigger animal to tackle than what uh, most everything else is. And I was really intrigued by it and just, just kept going with it deeper and deeper and deeper. And then I began talking about it publicly. And then of course, you know, that's when people said, Hey, um, we want to learn more about this. So all of that kind of spiraled into what I do now. And it was not, it was not planned whatsoever. Um, but that's how it all evolved. And, Basically, it opened up my eyes to see that Pinterest is very, very valuable. Uh, people in the blogging world, they know that it's valuable. They know that it drives a ton of traffic over to their sites. But in the e-commerce world, I don't think they know that. And that's, that was when I decided I think I'm going to have to you know, voice this and get it out there and began to make it part of the mission to help people understand it and how they could really leverage that in order to get more traffic coming in and get some more sales coming in. And much of it you can actually do organically because it is a search engine. Totally. And uh, I think that's one thing people uh, miss about it. They think it's mainly a pin board and they're saving stuff. but And it's where I think they're getting stuck because they don't understand the process and behaviors behind it from the consumer and how they are interacting with the platform. But mainly that's basically when I've seen uh, your um, your training is it where I really understood um, uh, Pinterest as, oh, they are a search engine before anything else. You know, the rest is, you know, just complimentary and getting like that crazy feeling but what they're gathering in terms of data it's keywords it's exactly what google are doing but basically with images now exactly so it's it is basically google in many many ways in fact the the founder ben silver silverman he was the co-founder of pinterest he worked for google before he started pinterest And that is, you know, where some of that background comes from for why Pinterest is actually a search engine and it's not a social media site. He has publicly stated several times that he really doesn't have a vision for it ever being a social media site. The vision is truly to be a visual search and discovery site, but it's all based around a true search engine that mimics more like Google than it does anything else. Um, the only thing that's different is it's very visual because uh, people are very, they're, they're impacted more by visual 
than they are by words, and they're more likely to take action. Totally. Um, and one thing um, we can uh, see in terms of uh, of the trends of, uh, let's say, e-commerce marketers that have been there, you know, probably for uh, six years uh, or five years is it was also used as a tool to see, you know, what people liked and what they're about to buy and, you know, uh, trying to figure out, you know, what are the behaviors behind it. But always without really understanding that it was a search engine first, you know, but basically it's a great tool to figure out, you know, what's trending right now in terms of what people like and how even like super niche store or even like sometime um, that ca can be a total d discovery because people are moving things most of the time firstly there instead elsewhere, you know, uh, since is how they, they behave in terms of pinning their, their, their favorite stuff. So you could be very surprised by the the results that you're getting when you're using it also in the in this with this angle you know yes so i use it for research all the time every day all day because it is a search engine and because you can find out uh, more information about what are people really looking for there you want to tap into that if you are making products or creating some new products but you also want to tap into that for your marketing as well and you know i've even gotten to the point of doing the research and i do what's called a keyword dump And I literally, in a spreadsheet, dump keywords. I do this um, every single month, and I keyword dump into different areas, and I find new niche areas, new audiences, uh, new trends, new topics, new types of things that are untapped uh, to get into a little bit further. And then when I begin doing keywording up for um, the pins and many times if it, if it seems like it's going to work out, I will test it with some boards to see if we can't get some followers on there and get some action. But you have to, uh, you have to be doing your research and making adjustments as you go um, because things are just, they're just constantly changing all of the time. So um, really, truly the secret behind doing well as far as, um, launching new products, I would recommend that no one create another new product unless you've done your research first to figure out what is it that people are truly wanting and really niche that down, nail it down to the exact audience and don't be afraid to build a brand. That's one thing that I've, I've seen over and over again with a lot of people is they're not, they're, they're not building a brand. They're kind of um, still throwing spaghetti against the wall, so to speak, just testing a lot of, a variety of different things, but at some point, you know, that, that spaghetti against the wall is supposed to be temporary and you want to begin narrowing down your focus and build a brand, especially if you, if you have a store, build a brand. Um, the brand is what's going to help you the best on Pinterest. And then you can go deeper within that brand and you'll be able to find a lot of little kind of sub niches and mini niche areas that you had never thought of. You had no idea that this is what people are looking for or that this is what they're interested in. And that is where your gold mine is. That's where you want to begin creating your products, getting your keywording for your products, your product pages. And you want to take that keywording, get it everywhere on your your Pinterest uh, board title, your board description, and in your pin descriptions. 
so that when you are ready to market your products, everyone can then find it very, very easily. And you just tapped, you know, just tapped into that little niche area that is kind of trending and popular. Um, it is a separate, almost a separate little tiny culture in and of itself. And that's what you want to try and find and, and go after. Um, that could be the most lucrative for you overall. Is there a specific strategy that you recommend, you know, when you're building your board and things like that based on what you, you, you were saying right now? Yeah, it depends on your branding, what, what type of products you sell. Um, it's, it's really, really hard to market without a brand, without a real strong brand where you know who you are, you know exactly what you offer, and you know who your audience is. So that really needs to be in place so that you're, you just kind of get clear. Because if you're not clear, when you do your marketing, they're not going to be clear either. And it'll just get ignored. So you have to get clear about your brand first. When you're clear, now everyone else will be clear because you'll be able to communicate it. So you, that's, that's the thing is you can't communicate it unless you really understand more about who am I, what do I offer, and who am I going to offer it to. And those, that's all of the research then that you want to put into place so that you are targeting the right type of people who will really love what you have to offer. They're going to really love who you are, and they're going to start following you. They're going to become your loyal buyers for a very, very long time. So that's where you want to get real clear about that. And um, it doesn't matter what level of business you're at. I, I would recommend that if you're just a startup company, you, you definitely need to get that in place as soon as possible so that your messaging can be clarified and your marketing then will be more effective. It won't be as much of a waste of time for you. So if you're not getting a lot of track, um, if you're not getting a lot of traction in your marketing, You know, it could be that the brand isn't clear. It could be that that's the starting point. And then once that's clear, it's a whole lot easier then to do the research and to get the keywords, get the SEO into place and know exactly who to go after. So I really do have to know details about the brand first before I can do marketing for the brand. And, um, there's been a lot of situations where sometimes a business, business owners, I find out they're not clear either. And that's sort of that, that point of, oh, well, we're going to get clear on this real fast because they, they've identified a problem that is happening. Um, sometimes I've suggested some positioning. Uh, so for example, with the company that I worked with in Europe, uh, this is a large, um, fashion company. And uh, they are uh, based in Europe, did some, did some work with them. And uh, they have a Shopify store, seven-figure seven figure shop, Shopify store. Um, but, I, you know, their brand was great, but I still wasn't totally clear on how to position them. So I basically said, you know, we did a lot of consulting calls. We did a couple consulting calls. And I said, here's, here's what I want to do because you have amazing products. I want to position you and I want to position your brand into designer luxury, you know, because that's what people are looking for on Pinterest and your products really fit that. 
And you're going to be able to keep your prices up because people on Pinterest, they expect that. They're looking for things that are high-end, luxury, designer, very good, excellent quality. That's exactly what they're looking for. And so using the correct wording to surround that can make all the difference in the world. So what I did was I positioned them around luxury and designer. And that really made a huge difference. We were able to get a ton of of followers organically. And then in about the fourth month, this is all organic. Everything I did was, was organic. I did a complete overhaul, everything. And the fourth month is when all of a sudden there were over 10 pins that went viral. And what was fascinating about that, I've seen this in Google Analytics, it brought in a lot of traffic to their store, a lot of traffic for free. What was fascinating is it was all the same type of product. It was all the same product. Every single one of these pins were. And I didn't pin any of those. The people who pinned them were the customers. And the customers, for some reason, they discovered this product. They went in and they pinned it out like crazy and it went viral. It was amazing. So in a very short time, uh, they gained an extra, you know, um, at least 2,000 people under their store as far as what the sessions were were happening. So a lot of them were, you know, on some of those viral pins, it was uh, getting around 3.4 thousand clicks on most of those pins. There were over 10 of them. So that's a real, real significant amount of traffic, and it was just all organic. Um, the secret behind that was setting up the SEO properly with their profile making sure that everything is keyworded up and I was going after different little niche areas. So if it was, uh, and it's a little bit different, this is on the, um, this isn't even on the, the Pinterest.com platform. <laughs> that was even more fascinating. Um, this was in a, on the, the Pinterest pa- uh, platform, one of them in Europe. And the, the traffic that was coming into their store was actually coming from the .com, which was fascinating to me. So sometimes people ask, you know, well, I'm in Germany. Should I do uh, Pinterest on the .de for Germany? And I say, sure, but you probably your traffic is going to come in from the .com because that's what I've experienced is that it, it will um, uh, all your pins, all of your information will still go to the .com no matter what. And then that's where your main traffic is, is going to come to you. So it's up to you if you want to do, uh, you know, a different platform that is in your country. You can if you want to, or you may just say, I just want to start on the dot com. It just depends on who your target audience is. But no matter where you're at in the world, I have um, seen that the traffic that comes in is really through the dot com almost every single time, uh, no matter where you're at in the world. But it can work great. And so this is, you know, a, um, a, a retailer in uh, Europe. And, and it was really fascinating to see the difference. They were working on it themselves to see the difference by just taking their branding and really upscaling it so that we're kind of talking the language of what people are looking for on Pinterest and then just really tapping into that audience of the ones who 
are in alignment with that. So if it resonates with them, then of course they're going to take action on those pins. They're going to save them. They're going to click through. That makes perfect sense. Uh, quick question here. Uh, when you are on Pinterest.de, uh, does most of the pins, uh, pins are in uh, German? I'm not sure. I haven't been on the DE. Okay. So, um, I'm not sure. I do know that they just released the promoted pins yeah. on that platform just last month. It was very, very recent. Same thing with um, in the UK now. France as well. In France, yeah, a couple other countries. Yeah. So one thing that is interesting here and um, and what I've seen, uh, and probably they're not doing that the right way, but uh, I, I was starting doing like some research, looking like so, for some fashion store and things like that. And when I was looking at their overall board, I could see, oh my God, huge amount of traffic. You know, they say like, I don't know, like 1 million uh, views or visitors uh, per month and things like that. But when I was looking at the boards, nothing was really making sense. You know, it was a fashion company, but they were making recipe for, for dog's food or things like that. It was all over the place. I was like, yeah. what they're trying to achieve uh, with that kind of strategy there you know yeah i i see that all the time. <laughs> and i'm and i it's crazy because um i look at this every day and i go out and i talk to you know contact and talk to a lot of different ceos of different levels of companies and then you know they ask me hey you know can you give some pointers and i go and i take a look at Pinterest account, and I think, oh man, who's been working in this? You know, <laughs> um, and I just, I, I have to express to them again to go back to their branding and their brand message, and they need to filter everything through that, and that includes their marketing. So, if you are a fashion company and you've got a board about recipes, and you don't have anything any pin of your own that you could put into that board, don't do it. It does not make any sense for your brand to do that. If you have a blog post talking about recipes, maybe then, but that's a little bit, you know, you would have to creatively somehow incorporate that into your brand, into who you are and what you offer. So I, you know, I think that people, when they do that strategy, they think it's Instagram and they think if I just post a bunch of pictures of cute puppies <laughs> and a recipe that people will just really like it and somehow that's going to convert into traffic and it doesn't because it, it doesn't correlate. Um, people don't understand it. And they say, well, you're this. Who are you then? Because I'm seeing a recipe and I'm seeing a cute dog and then I see this dress over here. Like they don't know who you are. Um, so you really have to have your branding in place with a clear message. If it doesn't fit within your brand of who you are and what you offer and to whom, leave it alone. Don't do it. It's, it's not, it's not going to help you in any way. In fact, it's going to be very, very confusing to people. 
Yeah, I mean, that's for sure. I mean, that's the basic, let's say, of branding, but it's not everyone that uh, is understanding that. And for sure, some people are trying, you know, to uh, to uh, play with the system to gain much more traffic. And at the end, I mean, it doesn't really pay because it's not the targeted traffic that you're, you're, you're aiming for. Um, the $10,000 question right now, I mean, it's, I mean, getting this pin out there, I mean, it's a lot of, uh, work in terms of content, you know, how do you create that content? Uh, what are you doing to, 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 uh, to, to feed it, you know, to feed the beast basically. Yes. You have to send out a lot of pins. We create a lot of pins. Um, we create tons and tons of pins, uh, for our clients. And that is, um, part of the recipe is a pin creation, but really the, the, the main focus needs to be your keywords. You can have the worst looking image in the world, but if you've got really excellent SEO in your pin description and in your board title and board description, now Pinterest understands what this pin is about. Even if visually it looks terrible, and it will get a lot of traffic. It will get a lot of saves and it will get a lot of click throughs. So that was something that I learned. Um, when I really thought in my head that a pin had to look, look just a certain way. And if it didn't look a certain way, it wasn't going to get a lot of traffic. And that was, that was not true at all. It does need to, you know, it's nice if it can make, meet some basic requirements such as, the minimum pin dimension sizes because it will uh, get out further in the smart feed um, by doing some of those basics. But I wouldn't get caught up too terribly on how the pin looks. Instead, you know, your focus needs to be on what you're writing in your pin description because that's what you're telling the search engine what your pin is about. And if you do that really well with keywords and you target the right type of people, they will take action, they will save it, and they will uh, click through to your to your website or to wherever you want them to go. So that's um, the formula, and you're going to have to, you know, be ready to pin a lot. Um, you know, we, we have different levels of pinning, and if you can get to at least minimum 32 pins per day, you'll start to see a very nice increase happening for you and you need to do that very very consistently every day over a long period of time um it's not easy for you to see a lot of increase in your traffic happening after just the first month and you may not see a huge amount after the first three months but once you hit that four month to six month mark you're going to start noticing some things and you may even see some pins go viral so it does take a, a very significant amount of time for it to build up, but it's like a slow cooker. You know, it takes a long time for it to heat up and warm up, but boy, when it warms up, it stays, you know, it stays hot for you for a very, very long time. And that's what's neat is that it's all totally organic of what you're doing. It's not like it's a, a, a light switch where you just flip it on and flip it off. It's not. You slowly have to try and turn that light on. And when it does light, turn the light on, it never switches off. <laughs> it just keeps going and going. So pins can last for years. So it's exactly, exactly like uh, traditional SEO when you're writing 
articles, blog stuff, and things like that, and you cross your fingers that it's going to get picked up at a certain point. And if you're doing a lot, I mean, you will have a lot of different type of source of traffic coming from each of these pieces. And, uh, and at the end, I mean, I mean, that's it. I mean, it's really the organic part. One thing that, I mean, basically Facebook used to have, and they don't have anymore right now. There's nothing organic anymore inside, but that's great about, you know, I think that's a, a good balance there that you can have right now with, uh, with Pinterest is you don't have to rely, uh, only let's say on traditional SEO with Google, but you have another platform that is mimic that sort of thing and you can aim for longer and other sorts of traffic doing almost the same stuff. Mm-hmm. And if you marry the, the two search engines together, now you've got a recipe that is even better. In yeah. other words, um, what I, and, and, and I had figured this out through a lot of testing and experimenting, uh, Google does, they do index Pinterest pins and boards, and they will rank them up very, very high in the search engine. So what I began doing is uh, for clients a long time ago is I was working on keywording of boards and suddenly there'd be this burst of followers and traffic that came out of nowhere. It just spiked and we were trying to figure out where it came from. So I asked, I asked them, I said, are you running some Facebook ads or something? And they said, nothing, no, we're nothing anymore unusual than what we do all the time. And I said, well, go take a look at your stats here. They're a little wild that happened overnight. What, um, what ended up happening was that one particular board had ranked into Google search results, page one, number one, and Google was driving in the traffic straight into that Pinterest board and going to their site. That was fantastic. So after seeing some of that happening, um, organically, then I started to use that as part of my strategy to intentionally find keywords that will index on page one of Google search results and rank up really high in Pinterest too. And so that's the strategy that I use all the time when you can take um, Google, which is the number one search engine in the world, and Pinterest is number three. Yeah, I mean... And when you- that, I think that's an amazing strategy and um, and basically that makes total sense there because the authority of Pinterest is so high that it's natural for Google to rank it higher than the rest also at the same time. Specific- yeah. yeah. You'll see that the boards will begin to rank way higher than a lot of people's blog posts and pages and uh, product pages. And so if you're having trouble trying to get your product pages to rank up high in Google with SEO, try doing your boards in Pinterest, try doing um, individual pins. They rank up really high in Google as well. And that can get you a lot more exposure for your products and for your store and get more people coming in to find out who you are and what you have to offer. Yeah, that, that makes total sense. I I think you have like a, A golden nugget right here. (laughs) Here you go. Yeah, Yeah. and there's all kinds of things that you can do to to figure that out. Uh, But I would just highly suggest that you you keep going through the keyword route so that you can um, 
figure out where your little gold mine is and not be totally dependent on, you know, running ads all the time because the SEO part is going to last you for years and years and years. That's, that's really where you want to want to be and where, and, and where you want to stay for as much as possible and for as long as possible. Um, YouTube, of course, is the number two search engine and Google owns that. Uh, last, I think it was November, Pinterest has a direct integration with YouTube where you can now go into your settings and you can add that into your Pinterest account. So you can connect your YouTube account to your Pinterest account and those pins will come in. You can go out and pin everything from YouTube now. Um, you always could, but because of that direct integration, if you connect the two accounts together, those pins now have a lot more weight and leverage in the Pinterest smart feed. So you definitely want to do that. You want to do the same thing with Instagram that was also released last November. And um, I'm seeing a lot of those. I think they're coming in as rich pins, which is fantastic. And I do pin out um, a lot of the stuff from Instagram as well. Um, you can do a bunch of it from Instagram and have people drive that traffic straight over to your Instagram profile. If you are running ads on uh, Instagram, that will help give a nice push over to your Instagram account organically and have it come from Pinterest. And that'll be for a long-term solution. So I do that as well. Um, and then you can take your same stuff and in Instagram and maybe you just want to change the link so that you direct that traffic over to your store instead, especially if you've got something that has just done really, really well for you on Instagram, chances are it's probably going to do well on Pinterest. So you might as well use that, that image and somehow and leverage that so that you can get more traffic going into your store. Yeah, that's very interesting. I mean, uh, this uh, integration that they put up, and that's also helping to streamline. I mean, the whole, you know, content management thing, uh, I can assume. Yeah, and uh, another part of that integration that was introduced in November was Etsy. Yeah. So if you have an Etsy store, you definitely want to connect that so that you get rich pins coming through. That's going to give you some product pins where people can actually shop your pin. And one thing I've seen, and that's fun that you're talking about that, because I've seen a, a big correlation also between Etsy and Pinterest in, the, in the, the type of users, basically. It seems to be the same kind of range or people like uh, 45 years old, mostly women, things like that. Same on Etsy and Pinterest. And, and the type... Um. Yeah. So are you talking about the average age yeah, of people average. who are Pinterest users? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um, so if you want to take a look at some of the statistics there, 75 or 70% of the people on Pinterest are actually women and only 30% are men, but they, there is um, an increase of new signups, meaning that about 50% of people who keep signing up for um, Pinterest is actually men. Wow. So what I'm predicting is that's really going to change and it might even out in the future, especially since Pinterest filed their IPO on February 21st. That's expected to go live to for public trading in, in June. So at that point, I have a feeling that uh, not only will there be a lot more users on Pinterest, but I, I'm thinking that a lot more men are going to start paying attention as well and say, hmm, I wonder what this is about. This is fascinating.
Yes, and um, I'm I'm seeing great success with some um, watch stores that are exclusively uh, doing marketing on Pinterest, shoes, belt uh, for mm-hmm. men, things like that. Um, and uh, I see that growing as well. So it seems that some marketers found out that this is probably their core audience that is is living there right now for uh, the main the the men type of um, of audiences. Basically, that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that the men uh, products are geared towards men can still do very very well uh, because the people who are the typical shoppers for the men are the women. Mm. So if you are if you target the keywords properly and you have in mind that it's the woman who is shopping for the man, mm. then you will do well. Those people will find those pins. So just just keep in mind your keywording and you use that for targeting um, your ideal audience. So you have to you have to target the actual shopper. Yeah. Not necessarily the person who's going to receive the, the gift at the end if they're buying it for for someone else. They may not. There may not be enough men on Pinterest who are buying it for themselves, but there are women who are buying for the men. Makes sense. So you want to make sure that your keywords and your targeting is is based around that. Yeah, that makes sense. So. Now that we we know that uh, Pinterest filed for uh, IPO uh, and they are going to uh, be public uh, some some sometime in June, um, we know that they are going to try to uh, push their revenues. And when we're talking about revenues, is bringing much more marketers on their platform. Uh, I know they've been like quite aggressive for the past couple of months going after each people or stores or I've been contacted numerous times randomly for different from different rep to uh, help me set up my campaigns, pushing campaigns, even like at certain point offering me budget to spend to test their platform. And um, I feel now, I mean, this is where they are. They have like a very good base of users and um, they really want to monetize their platform. So on your end, on your experience now, because I think they have released um, the platform and platform in somewhere 2015 uh, publicly, or it was like, I think 2015, it was private uh, launch. And then 2016, it was much more public. how, uh, I mean, what's your, basically, um, your feedback on the ads platform right now, as we see it right now, uh, compared probably to a couple of years, or how do you see the evolution, and where do you think it's going to go uh, from now? There's yeah, three so questions most- there. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot going on there. Yeah, sponsored pins can be, can be good if you know how to do them. And most people spend way too much money, so... Um, you know, one piece of advice is to never use the suggested CPC ever from any kind of platform. And that's what people do is they say, well, it says that I should spend this amount in order to get good results. Never do that. Don't do that. Um, really, you can get excellent results by spending less. And then you can change that and experiment with that. So Pinterest is a little bit different on the spendings. Um, Many times you do have to set your CPC up just a tad bit higher and then go down instead of the other way around. Whereas with the Facebook ad, you might start low and then start 
increasing that, that dollar amount that you throw behind the CPC. You also want to be targeting in your ads, your sponsored pins with keywords. You don't want to be doing the interests or audiences. Uh, a lot of that, you know, you do over on Facebook and other places. You don't want to do that. It's not going to give you as good of results. What gives you the good results is if you tap target by keyword where you tell pictures exactly what types of keyword phrases. When, when people type in these keyword phrases, I want my pin to appear. Um, so otherwise it's, they're going to show your pins very randomly and you're going to get a ton, a ton of clicks and saves, but not, not very good results. So, uh, what, at what scale you think, or uh, how much you think it's that platform is scalable right now for an advertiser that, you know, uh, was able to figure out the right keywords and, uh, the right audience and things like that. Do you think it's, it's scalable as, you know, Facebook or Google AdWords or it's still very early in stage? Uh, their algorithm is not, uh, too tight yet. So, you know, you might, you, at certain point, you might, you, you might just not be able to scale. You know, everything's is going to stop. No, it's, it's very, it can give you some very, very good results if you use the, the sponsor pins correctly. Um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't be afraid of it. Um, but, but definitely be targeting in your keywords. It, it is very scalable. It has produced a lot of terrific results, but here's one thing that I caution is you really need to set up your profile and your boards and everything so that it's completely keyworded up first, because all of that information goes along with your pin. And that's how Pinterest knows who you are and what you're about and how, what, what you have, what you're offering. So if I am, am doing a sponsored pin, you still have to save it into a board, but that board needs to, to make sense. It needs to be relevant and, and you need to have relevant keywords there and make sure your board titles got the keywords, make sure that your board description has keywords. Because all of that information goes right with the pin when Pinterest sends it out through the smart feed. So that's what's different about running sponsored pins over there compared to anywhere else. I see. And um, basically, uh, the, 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 the type of ads that you can do there, you said, you know... Uh, you can do, uh, you, you can, you shouldn't do like interest. You shouldn't do this and that, you know, uh, what about, let's say retargeting, you know, it does retargeting works great on, uh, Pinterest. Yeah, you can, you can do some retargeting if you want to, and you can also totally load up an email subscriber list and make that your targeting if you want to. So that is another strategy that you can use if you don't use, um, keywording strategy. So it depends on what your goal is. Are you trying to get cold traffic? Are you trying to get warm traffic? Uh, what, who are you targeting and what is your, your goal, your end result for, for your advertising? And, uh, what do you suggest in terms of creatives for, for the pins? Because I've seen like so many different stuff out there. Uh, is there one thing that you, you will tell, you know, you absolutely need to do that or put that on your ads to make sure you get the proper attention of users and not getting, you know, random clicks or random stuff and just people are not at the end interested to buy, you know? 
Yeah, so the pin itself needs to be, you know, in top shape where it's at least minimum pin dimension sizes of 600 by 900 pixels. We found through the last couple of years that 800 by 1200 performs really well for us. So we just automatically make 800 by 1200. Uh, Pinterest keeps changing in the last, oh, six months. And then in the previous six months, they said, hey, you can't make pins that are longer than 1260. And then now they're saying, hey, you can make them 1,000 by 1,500 pixels. So they, they kind of keep going back and forth on that where they will say, make the pins shorter. And now they're saying, make the pins longer and a little bit wider. So to balance that, we still stay at 800 by 1200 so that when they keep making those tiny little changes, we're still good. <laughs> Our pins are still going to be just fine. You've got good pin dimension sizes. With 800 by 1200, you can fit more on the pin itself. Make sure you've got a logo that's really important or a domain name on there. The reason why is because when you start becoming successful and you start driving in some traffic and getting attention on your pins, other people notice, of course, because more people are finding your pin. You've done your job well. Tons more people notice your pin. They see your pin. They, they've discovered your pin. Sometimes what that can result into is someone stealing your pin. And what I do when I find those, because for every single one of our clients, this happens. And I will sit and report like 20 pins in a day. And when that happens, I report them over to Pinterest. They want proof that this is your pin. And if you've got your logo on your pin, that is so much easier for you to prove that it's yours because it matches your store. And then, and they want to see the product inside of your store as well, just to make sure that this is truly yours and you're not making up a story. And then they will remove those pins no problem. If you've got a lot of them that are coming from the same person, that person's account will get shut down and they will not be allowed to open up a new account on Pinterest. So that's a great way for you to um, combat some of that with stealing the pins. The other reason for why the logo is because within two seconds, people on Pinterest are very open-minded. They're there to discover some new things. They're ready to buy. They're ready to, to try new stuff, learn new things. And if they see your product on a pin, they want to know, is it for sale? And they don't know. All they see is, hey, that's a cool looking shirt on the pin, but I don't know any more about it. Is it for sale? Can I buy it? And where can I go and buy it? So definitely have your logo on there so that it's in front of people over and over and over again. And they get familiar with your brand and your store. And then they'll just type it into Google and just go straight there. Or they'll begin saving all of your pins or they'll just automatically click on it because they are they love your store and your brand. So get your logo on every single one of your pins so that people can can learn, you know, where can I go and buy this? This is really cool. You don't want to miss that opportunity. Other things that you want on your pin is really strong product where they can see it, it, it and it's not um, it, like it's, it's in 85% of that pin is your product. It's a nice close-up shot of the product. You can also have multiple products in your pins. Sometimes those perform very, very well. They could be multiple pictures of the same product if you were going to one product page. Um, sometimes it's nice to do a collection and have that go to a collection page uh, in your store. Or maybe you can put a collection together in a blog post. 
and you have all kinds of different products, but they all have some kind of similarity. Like maybe it's um, purple t-shirts and here's all the purple t-shirts. So people who are looking for that, they have an entire collection in front of them on one pin and they know exactly where they can go to check that out. Um, and then the, a couple more things, a call to action for product pins. You really need a call to action on your pins where people are told exactly what to do by now. If it's in a marketplace, say buy now on Amazon, buy now on Etsy. If it's in your store, just buy now, you know, grab it now. If it is something that you are offering for free to build your email list, which works very, very well, you could say free download or sign up now, but you need to have a call to action to tell people what to do. Um, if you look at the Pinterest best practices, they even tell you that, that they, they, uh, they tell a lot of businesses get a call to action right on the pin itself and include a, a call to action at the very end of the pin description. People need to know what, what do I need to do next in order to find out more or where, or where do I go and buy this? They have to be told. And then the last thing is text overlay. The text overlay from what I'm noticing is readable by the Pinterest search engine. So sometimes what's nice is to use a, um, a strong keyword in the text overlay itself. And that really, really makes some great results. So you want to put text overlay um, and not a lot of words. Don't, don't use a ton of words, but something that is very thought provoking, something that, that creates curiosity. It could be as simple as a question. It could be, uh, it depends on what it is. If it's a product pin or a blog, blog post pin, you have to use slightly different techniques, but, but something that's, um, you know, fascinating. It piques people's interest where they need to click through to go see some more of what it is. And um, one thing uh, I've been noticing for because I've tested uh, quite uh, quite for a while the ads platform, and I found out that, and probably because my ads weren't set up like properly or something like that, but basically on that call to action, normally you know if you we run something very similar on Facebook, we'll have almost instant results. Where on Pinterest, it could take. I don't know, like seven days, eight days, 14 days before someone's come back and buy something, you know, this is something that you've seen as well on your side. Yes, that's, that's uh, very common there. So if you're running a, a pin, a promoted pin, your minimum amount of time to run that ad for is 30 days, one month. That's minimum before you're going to start seeing enough statistics coming through that's significant enough for you, but you don't have to spend as much money. You can do like $2 a day. I see. I see. That's a, that's a good tip here. So uh, we're almost getting at the end. And before that, I would like to, uh, from you, I mean, to get your three best tip if someone wants to start tomorrow, uh, Pinterest or Pinterest ads, you know, what is the best three tips that you can get, get, get them? <laughs> yeah, well, I would say get familiar at thinking about Pinterest from a different perspective, not from your own personal use of how you use it personally, but from a buyer standpoint and how people are actually searching inside of there. So you have to think differently about it. And that's a little bit of an adjustment. Get familiar with the keywords. 
They're right there. Pinterest gives tons of keywords for free to everyone. And think of it now as a search engine. That is something that is unique and different about this platform. But I think that's what makes it so much better in order for you to get really, really good results, even organically without having to spend any money at all. So if you really leverage the search engine properly and you keyword up your profile, keyword your boards, keyword your pin descriptions, you're going to see huge, huge results. And keep track of your analytics. You need to know what's working and what's not working. And in the last year, I was talking about this, I think last week or so, uh, some correlations that I was finally able to see after tracking the monthly viewers for about a year. Your monthly viewers is a very new statistics that, that has only been out for a year or so. And many of us have been trying to figure out, you know, what exactly does that mean? Um, why is Pinterest suddenly giving that information? And the correlation that I have found, and this is why it's good to track everything, track all your statistics, your Pinterest analytics, be tracking your Google analytics to see what, what is driving the traffic. You can see your exact pins that are driving the traffic in. So, so you know where your results are coming from. But what was really fascinating about the monthly viewers is seeing the correlation between the monthly viewers and the traffic through Google Analytics coming in through Pinterest. So when your monthly viewer statistic goes up, that is because of high engagement. There are people who are interacting with your pins. They are either clicking or they are saving. So therefore, when that engagement goes up and they're interacting with your pins, then your traffic goes up. And that makes complete sense to me. So watch your monthly viewers. You want to increase that and you don't need a lot of followers to do that because it's a search engine. Uh, so an example of that is um, with one of my very first clients who's you know still with me after a year and a half, been working on her stuff for a very, very long time and started her from scratch. She had less than 100 followers and within four months was able to get her monthly viewers up to 1.3 million. And that's not that hard to do if you've got the right keywording in place. But then I go and I look at some of the, these really large companies that are on Pinterest and they say, well, look, we've got, you know, 15,000 followers. We think that's doing really great. And I said, yeah, that is great. But I'm not sure that they are the right targeted followers for you because your monthly viewers is less than 100,000. There's something wrong there in that correlation between having only 100,000 monthly viewers when you've got 15,000 followers. Why are they not taking action on your pins? They're not engaging. Your, you know, your followers are not engaging with what you're putting out there. So there's, there's something um, happening there that needs to change. And, and most of the time, it's the, it's the keywords. It's the SEO that needs to be put into place. And I can see that right on the boards because the board titles are not optimized. So if you um, do your keywording really, really well, you'll start to see your monthly viewers go way up, and then your traffic will start to rise up as a result of your referrals um, from coming from Pinterest. So here's a really, really fascinating statistic that I had found 
several, um, probably two or three years ago that really, that was my most compelling reason for why to spend all of this time uh, paying attention to Pinterest. You know, why do I want to spend my time there? And, and this was the statistic that really got me is that Pinterest drives in, this is through their own research, it drives in 33% more referral traffic to stores than Facebook. I was shocked by that. 33% more referral traffic to stores than Facebook. 71% more than Snapchat and 200% more than Twitter. And when I thought about that, I'm like, specifically to stores? Are you kidding me? You know, why am I spending all my time on these other social media places when I need to be spending my time here? And it does take a lot of time. It is very time intensive, but it is something that will pay off for years and years and years. Yeah, it totally makes sense. Uh, Teresa, thank you very, very much. That was totally insightful. Learned a bunch of stuff. I think I, I'm going to go back into my Pinterest board and starting doing stuff again. <laughs> the right way, the right way. <laughs> um, where can we learn more about you, basically? Yeah, well, you, you know, I'm, I hang out everywhere in different places. Um, you can, uh, I do have a, a free Facebook group called Pin Traffic Power. You certainly can come in there and hang out and, and get some free learning of what's going on. Um, I go live also on the Pin Traffic Power page on Facebook once in a while where uh, I like to share some fascinating things that I've discovered or learned, especially at the end of the month when I'm pulling reports and seeing what's working and what's not. And I've always got something really cool to reveal um, that I like to, to share with people are well as well. So definitely, you know, hang out in those places. Um, if you are interested in talking Pinterest and get a little bit of some tips and ideas that might be able to help you in getting more traffic into your store. That's amazing. All this information will be available in the show notes. So don't be worried. You will get the links and everywhere and how to reach Teresa. Teresa, again, thank you very much for hanging us with, uh, hanging out with us tonight. <laughs> and, um, yes, I mean, we'll be continue. We will continue to follow you and see how it is growing. Guys, I really uh, insist that you're starting uh, putting times into Pinterest. That's going to be game changing for you especially if you've been like only focusing on uh, Facebook ads the past years. Uh, now there's so much opportunity there. So you should jump in right now. And you have already, you know, all the, the expertise on Facebook and you're pretty, you know, uh, agile there. So why not starting, you know, a good uh, new traffic source and develop since the opportunity is there and there's not much competition compared to Facebook. So guys, get on right now. So this was another episode of Chill with Phil and I will have more for you next week again with uh, more stuff about digital marketing, athlete marketing, and for sure, e-commerce. Guys, thank you very much. Ciao. You've just listened to the Chill with Phil podcast with your host, Phil Kiprianu. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Google Play and catch our next episode.